Hi, I'm George Stocker, and this is Last Week in .NET for the week ending 17 October 2020. Lots of releases and CVEs last week, so let's get to it. .NET 5 RC2 has been released. I mentioned last week that RC1 was probably the last release till generally available, and I was wrong. I won't pundit on this anymore, and, and I have, in fact, learned my lesson. Now, ClickOnce makes an appearance, and there are several smaller updates uh, in this release as well. .NET Core 3.1.9 has been released. Now, this release includes bug fixes across the runtime, the framework, and ASP.NET Core, and as well as support uh, new Docker images for Fedora 33 and Ubuntu 20.10. Now, .NET 2.1.23 has also been released. And much like its younger, hotter brother 3.1.9, it includes these same sort of fixes, as well as support for Ubuntu 20.10 and Fedora 33. WinRT 0.8 has been released. Now this is something to do with C-sharp and WinRT. And at this point, with the number of fluctuations to the Windows UI story, I'm really not sure what this does or who it's for. Microsoft on Patch Tuesday released fixes for over 87 security bugs, as well as countless CVEs. That's a lot. So much so that they don't even include all the CVEs they fixed in the announcement. Effectively, if you're running any of the following software, Microsoft Windows, Microsoft Office and Microsoft Office Services and Web Apps, Microsoft Jet Database Engine, Azure Functions, Open Source Software. Yes, they actually wrote open source software, Microsoft Exchange Server, Visual Studio, PowerShell Get, Microsoft.NET Framework, there we are, Microsoft Dynamics, Adobe Flash Player, and Microsoft Windows Codex Library. You should probably patch your systems. Now they also patch CVE 2020 16898, which is really cool because it lets someone take over a remote Windows system with a malformed IPv6 ICMP packet. And by cool, I mean really terrifying. .NET Foundation released their September-October 2020 update. In it, they talk about how they've joined the Open Source Initiatives affiliate program, they showcase new .NET projects, and much more. Now much more is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Microsoft releases .NET Live TV. This is not to be confused with Microsoft's live product? Service? Anyway, the goal is to have .NET Live TV be like Netflix for .NET. Now, there's a lot of production to put into a live TV channel. And if anyone can do it, Microsoft can. I just wish they'd use that money to pay the open source maintainers whose projects they copy. Speaking of Microsoft Live TV... Channel 9 released another video in a series of progressive web applications with Blazor. Now, from Twitter, one of the things we found out about .NET 5 RC2 is that it's going to include ClickOnce deployment support, at least on the Windows side. Now, this has been something that was on the framework side for a long time, and though I could never get it to work, uh, it seemed really useful, and I'm really glad they're bringing it to .NET Core. There's a video out asking, how does .NET 5 change my development? Imo Landworth of the .NET team takes the time to answer that question in a svelte minute and 25 seconds. Now, just a little more shaving, Imo, and you could make it into a TikTok. Hmm, 
making a TikTok for .NET. Be right back. Emo Landworth also takes you through how .NET 5's compatibility analyzer works while trying to work with cross-platform code. If you get platform not supported ex exceptions, then this video is indeed for you. Microsoft republished a fix for CVE 2020-1147 because it was breaking SQL Server CLR objects. They didn't find us sooner because there are about five people in the known universe that use CLR for SQL Server. Thoughts and prayers. Octopus Deploy is now a corporate sponsor of the .NET Foundation. Now, this is a big change from eight months ago when Octopus Deploy cut ties with Microsoft. And in fact, both blog posts that I'm referencing in my newsletter were written by the same person, Paul Stovall, founder of Octopus Deploy. Now, in the post, Paul details they want to help change the trajectory of open source, .NET open source, by funding it. And for that, I commend them. Now, since they're a corporate sponsor, they get a seat on the advisory council. And they're giving their seat to the creator of Serialog and Autofact, which are both two very popular non-Microsoft open source projects. Now, for all these things, I commend them. It's, we'll see how it goes, and we'll see if it works. But thank you, Paul, and thank you, Octopus, for trying. Kevin Jones, also known as VCS Jones on Twitter, showed an open.net issue uh, where, by misusing stack alloc for a dynamically bounded array, they caused a stack overflow in the .NET runtime. It's been fixed. It's in master. It'll probably make it in RC3 or in the GA version of .NET 5. But it's really interesting to see that even people who our experts at this stuff make these mistakes from time to time. Karen Payne released a blog post on how to work with delegates and events in VB.net. It's wonderful to see people blog about VB.net, and we need more of that. It's a wonderful language in its own right. So thank you, Karen. .netconf, yes, the correctly spelled one, is going to be on November 10th through the 12th. Are you going? If not, I will be live-tweeting it at Gortok on Twitter. All in all, it was a pretty busy week for .NET. I'm George Stocker, and I help teams write .NET systems that are easy to maintain and improve. If you're interested in learning more, check out www.wproductivity.io. And I'll see you next week.